Welcome to the Covenant Women Podcast with Dr. Adonica Howard-Brown, your on-demand source for Holy Ghost-filled preaching and teaching. Be refreshed, encouraged, and strengthened as you hear the Word today. Father, we just thank you right now for everything that you've done, everything you're doing, and everything you're going to do. And Lord, I ask you to anoint my lips today to speak your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you anoint every ear to hear what you're saying, every heart to receive. Lord, I thank you that this word is going deep into the inside of us and effecting a change from the inside out. Thank you that we will not leave the same way we came. And I thank you, Father, that as we leave from this place, eventually in a few days, I thank you, Lord, we leave shining with the life and the love and the joy of our Lord. Lord, thank you for the privilege that it is to serve you because you are so good, you are so kind, and you are so faithful. And so we rejoice in you, Lord. We say, today's the day you have made. We'll rejoice in you. Lord, fill us with your joy every day. Fill us with your joy when we need it. Fill us with your joy, even especially when we don't feel like it, because we thank you that your joy is our strength and that in in you and with your help, we can do all things. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Thank you that you are our strength. We just worship you, honor you, give you glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. amen. So I touched on a little bit. Um, I just wanted to go over, again, the things, the, what the Lord brought out of the scripture for me because, you know, when I was praying and asking the Lord what the theme should be, what I should minister on for this conference, and he gave me that scripture that uh, is, our, is our theme scripture pretty much is that uh, her children rise up and call her blessed. So when I looked at that word blessed, so... It means blessed, literally, literally, to be successful, fortunate, prosper, um, happy, and be made happy. But it also means to be straight or level. It is used of a straight way, hence also of what is upright and honest, righteous, erect, firm, and strong. And the lexicon says, from whence comes the signification of fitness and strength in the Talmud. Then it means to go straight, on a straight way, to go straight on. It also means to set right. It means generally to just to go and to walk, to advance, to make progress, to go forward. It also means to lead straight and to guide, guide or lead straight. How many of you knew that all of that could be in one word? Isn't that powerful? But that's what's so powerful actually about the Word of God and that, you know, I love to go back to to the Hebrew, to the Greek, to look at what the word actually means because it just pulls out so much powerful stuff just in one word, just in one sentence that can change your life. Amen. And so um, last night we talked about being straight and today I want to talk about going straight. So again, to go straight on a straight way, 
to go to, to walk, to advance, and to make progress going forward. Proverbs 9 and verse 6 says, forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. That's the same Hebrew word. Go, forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. If you can make a note of these, write these down, go back and listen to the tape. You need this for your children. You need to instruct your children in this. You know, it's, it's amazing how my mother had a scripture for everything. It was awesome. And um, she had a scripture for hard work. She had a scripture for being productive. She had a scripture for, just for, for healing, for, for, for any situation. And um, we, she had scriptures for burns and sunburns. She had a scripture for bleeding. She had a scripture, I mean, because the Bible's full of the word for every situation, right? And uh, so I, I remember my, my youngest brother, he's very smart, he's a doctor today. And um, he was uh, being, I guess, a little slow and he wasn't completing all of his work. He was struggling a little bit. And so my mom pulled the word out and she spoke to him about doing, what was it, quick, Good, clean, fast work. And so she would pray that with him every single day. And uh, it was amazing because that got him through university. Because <laughs> that's, you know, becoming a doctor, that's, that's huge. That's a lot of stuff they have to learn. And, uh, and he carried that, I mean, he was still, that word was still in his heart as an adult going through, going through medical school. So when we plant those words into our kids and we speak life and blessing, and you, you see there's an answer for everything in your life in the Word, and we have to teach our children that there's an answer for everything in their life from the Word. Amen. Amen. So uh, Proverbs 14, sorry, 4 and verse 14 says, Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. So don't go in the way of the wicked or evil people and live in the way of understanding. And then in Proverbs 23, 19, it says, Hear my son and be wise and guide your heart in the way. The Amplified says, Be wise and guide your mind in the way of the Lord. So we have to direct our, our path and we have to direct our thinking and everything that we do because everything that we do comes out of thinking. And that's why the Lord tells us, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. So your perspective on life, your thought life is impacting what comes out of your mouth, and it's impacting the choices that you make, and it impacts your direction and where you end up. Because where you are today is a direct result of, of you know, decisions that you made yesterday. And that's all comes out of your, your attitude on, upon life. The awesome thing about the Word of God, it's not, we, we're not, thank God we don't just have religion, because there's so many people that, that religiously, <laughs> if I can use that term, religiously go to church, religiously, and that's all they have is religion. But we have life. We are born again. We are new creations. God changes us from the inside out, and, and He completely, we have a complete paradigm shift. <clears throat> I had a complete paradigm shift on the day that I was born again. It was an instant download. Hallelujah. And obviously, there was a process of renewing the mind that had to occur, but the lights came on in my life. And I was able to begin to understand with the Holy Spirit's help and the, the Word and what the Lord was saying to me and grow thereby. Because if you don't have that light on the inside of you, this Bible doesn't make sense. The Bible says that without basically 
being born again without the presence of the Holy Spirit, this, you can't understand this. You can't understand the Word of God with your natural mind. People are always trying. They're trying to explain it, and they get themselves all in a big tangle and a big mess, and that's how you end up with cults and sects and all kinds of stupid, ridiculous ideas that people have because they're trying to figure out God with their natural mind. They don't want to come and humble themselves and just receive the Word as is and just take it as is. <clears throat> they're always saying, well, God didn't mean that. Well, if He didn't mean that, if He didn't say what He meant, why didn't He, if He didn't mean what He said, why didn't He just say what He meant? But the Lord tells us, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And obviously, whatever He tells us to do is what He's already doing. And so the Lord tells us plainly and straightly, and, and it's like, you know, we have to hear it plain and straight and take it exactly as it is and not say, well, God wouldn't do that or this, that, or decide... And, and try to change the Word or change God to fit what we think, but we need to change what we think to fit what the Word of God already says. Amen. Amen. <coughs> so, Psalm 1 says, um, in the Amplified, blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, plans, and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive, in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest, where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desire in the law of the Lord, on his law, the precepts, instructions, and teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. And he shall be like a tree planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in season. Its leaf also shall not fade and wither. wither, wither. <laughs> and everything he does will prosper and come to maturity. So, we notice something here, that it starts off with walking in the counsel of the ungodly. So you're walking on your path of life. God has laid a path before you. My prayer every day is, Lord, make my path straight before me. God's path is straight and it's well lit up. When we go off the path, that's when you can twist your ankle, right? If figuratively and, and you know, literally. When we go off the path, that's where the rocks are. That's, that's where we're we stumbling around in the dark. You know, when I got born again, I had been looking and searching for the Lord. And the moment that I got saved, I was like, well, it is, it's him. Because I thought I was a Christian, but I, I wasn't born again. And it's like the lights came on. I'm like, it's real. It's Jesus. It's not all this other stuff and this philosophy and this reincarnation and this nonsense that I was, you know, searching and looking for the power, looking for what was real, I felt like everything else had been just feeling in the dark, but now the lights came on for me. And so the Bible says if we're in the dark, we're going to stumble. But God's, God lights our way, but we have to stay on the path where the lights are and not go off into the dark. The dark is where the devil has his way and all the bad stuff happens. How many of you ever walked down a road at night and you want to stay where the light is and not go in the dark because you don't know what's out there in the dark. So with our life, that's how we need to raise our children. Walk in the light. He is in the light. Follow him. And so we're walking along, and then we start paying attention to what other people are saying, ungodly people. So we're walking. We start listening to them. We start listening to their counsel. Well, that sounds, it makes sense to the carnal mind, right? But what does the Bible tell us? That the carnal mind is an enemy of God, it cannot and will not obey God's law. So the carnal mind, unless it's renewed, is always going to argue with the Word of God, talk the Word of God down, and, and reject the Word of God. I mean, what did the devil do when he came to Eve? Hath God said, are you sure God said that when he came to, to Jesus the same way? Are you sure God said that? He always comes to question the Word. So if you're listening to the ungodly, they're gonna question 
God's word. They, they're going to they're start, you know, attacking God's word. But God's word is eternal. The Bible says that he said his word above his name. It is eternal, it is steadfast, it never changes, and it is absolutely completely dependable. When, dependable. when nothing else can be dependent on, God's word can be dependent on. So you start listening to these ungodly people, to what they have to say, their opinion, their advice, their plans, and their purposes. Listen, there's some people on television telling people where to invest their money. If you do the opposite of what the guy says, you'll probably make money, because if you do what he says, you're gonna, and I think somebody's paying him to rip all of you off and make money for the corporations, but anyways. Um, but you, you, we start, when we start listening to the advice, plans, and purposes of the ungodly, you know, we're walking, but what's happening, we're starting to slow down, and then what happens to us? Next thing we know, we're standing in the path of the sinners. So we're standing there. They, they're starting to have a control over us. They're starting to watch this with your children. Watch who they hang out with. Watch what they're watching on the internet. That, you know, because in the olden days, you just had to worry about who came through your door or, or, or where, you know, your, your yard or your neighbors or where your, where your kids physically were. Now, the world can come into your house through the internet and you have to protect your children. It's your job to protect your own mind and heart and your, and your spouses. And, I mean, it's their job to protect themselves and to protect, you have to protect, protect your children. So be careful who they hang out with. I like what, you know, Pastor Randy Hooper told us when, when he was raising his kids and a kid would come to the door that he didn't like the look of them, he would say, no, go away and tell his kid, you're not gonna be friends with that kid. And you, well, that's mean. Really? Well, is it, is it, is it mean to let your kid go to hell because they, they're hanging out with the wrong crowd? That's your job as a parent, it's not to be popular, it's to stick up for what's right for your child and your family, amen. And you shouldn't worry about offending the devil. Why should you worry about offending the devil? That, no. You know, sometimes you have to say no, I learned that from my husband, and you don't have to offer an explanation because people are waiting for the explanation and the answer is just no. No, no, that's it. I'm so thankful for my dad, because he said to me, if, if a guy asks you out, they were very strict, they didn't just let me go out with anybody, but he said, if anybody asks you out and you don't want to go out with them, just tell them your dad said no. <laughs> I didn't even have to ask my dad, I just had to tell him, my dad says no. Because there were some guys that came and I looked at them and I'm like, no, that's that one. That one's one that's gonna push the envelope with me and I'm, I'm gonna end up in trouble. So no, no. If you don't respect me, you don't date me. And when I say date, I mean coffee. I don't drink coffee, but maybe, you know, a movie and dinner, nothing else. That's it, dude. That's all you're getting is my company, <laughs> amen. Girls, no, it works in every situation, right? No, thank you very much. Hallelujah. So we don't stand submissive and inactive in the path of the sinners and let them begin to take control of us, let them to influence us, we, you know, whether you're at work or whatever situation, because you, know, you can't, the, Jesus said, you know, we, I, I'm not asking you to take them out the world, but I'm asking you to protect them from the world. Asking you to protect them from, asking the Father to protect us from the ungodly system. So we have to be in it, but we don't have to be of it. But you're, unless you're full of the Word of God, the Bible talks about our senses being trained to discern good and evil. So we can have our senses renewed, our senses trained, our mind 
trained to know what's right and wrong. Not that like when you're first a born-again Christian and the Holy Ghost has to convict you every day of just every word that comes out of your mouth. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I remember when I was first saved, the Holy Ghost has got to convict you about the la your language uh, and your attitude and, and, and all these kind of things like convict conviction all day long. Well, we've got to come to a place where, where we're not just led by the, these bigger things the Holy Spirit has to lead us in, but we're actually led by the Word of God and that becomes... We, we train ourselves to think a certain way, God's way and not the world's way. And so you don't waste time every day trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing and what you're supposed to be saying and what you're supposed to be thinking because you, you've trained yourself to walk on the righteous way. And when you hear stuff that comes up that's wrong, you know immediately. You don't even have to pray about it. You know, no, that's wrong and shut that door. Amen. So we don't allow them to influence us. We don't allow them to take control of what we think, say, and do. And that's why you have to turn the television off because they're conditioning you with their propaganda. They're conditioning you. I, I, can't, I, I can't tell you how many people have said to us, I did not want to take the vaccination, but, but the, you know, the, the veterans, many of the veterans, they are constantly pressured, pressured. pressured. Some people were pressured by their spouse. Some people were pressured by their children. You can't see your grandkids. And a lot of people, I didn't want to do it, and I did it, and now I'm having all these health problems and all these things. And I feel really sorry for people, but they allow that pressure to get to them, and they should have just said no. They found themselves a community of believers that can stand with them and say no with them and encourage them into the right way. Amen. So make sure that the people that influence you are people that are solid, that are godly, that are going to encourage you and are going to speak truth to you, because we all need truth and we need grace. Right? So we need people who can speak the truth to us, but that have the grace and to, to forgive us and love us and see the best in us and see what we can be in Jesus Christ. Amen. Because you don't want, some people's truth is just criticism. The difference between speaking truth and speaking criticism, criticism, you just taking out your irritation on people because they get right up your nose or whatever. <laughs> but, but speaking truth is when you're speaking, and this is to your children as well, speaking something that's and actually not just getting, you know, letting you vent on them because that's ungodly anyways, but for you to actually bring a correction that's going to be helpful to them, not just you telling them what you think. Because what you think is irrelevant. What you think might not be what you should be thinking. Because the Bible says what? Believe the best of every person. But we, we, need, we need those relationships where we speak truth into people's life, but with grace and with blessing and to be a blessing to them. Otherwise, zip it and just pray for them in tongues. Amen. Some people, you don't want them to pray for you in English. Just, just pray in tongues. That's okay. Pray, pray the will of God. I don't want you to pray your opinion on me. Please just, just pray, the, pray the will of God. Um, that's always a, a good rule of thumb anyway, is to pray in the Spirit. And then whatever the Holy Ghost prompts you to pray in English, pray that. And then you're not going to be praying opinions. You're actually going to be praying things that, because God knows things you don't know, and he sees things you don't see. And so he's going to, and, and anything that, that, the way God created everything was, how did he do it? He spoke it. He had, he had it all in, on the inside, and he spoke it out. And so that's how we function as well. So you speak things out, and so be speaking life and faith over yourself. Your, your family, your business, your marriage, don't be speaking what the devil's saying. Be speaking what God is saying. And if you don't know what God is saying again, pray in tongues or just take the scripture and just pray that over every situation. You know, one of the things that I did when I first got saved, I decided I'm not who the devil says, I'm who Jesus says that I am. And so I took 
and I made confessions for myself and I spoke them over myself until that became my reality. Amen. Hallelujah. And so you need to do that. So, so once you're, you're, you're walking with them, then you're standing still. Next thing, what do you do? You sit down. It says, do not sit with the scornful and the mockers. What's happened? You have become one of them. That's a very sad thing to watch when you have somebody that was once born again and on fire for God, and they begin to allow ungodly people to influence them, whoever that it is. God brings people into their life, begins to influence them in the wrong direction. I mean, God, the devil brings people in their life to influence them in the wrong direction, and the next thing they become. And, and you know, there's, there's almost nothing worse than a backslidden Christian, because they're so guilty, and they're more vicious and nasty and more scornful and bigger sinners than anybody out there. So um, you don't want to be one of those. You don't want your children to be one of those. You don't want to head down that direction. So you have to guard your heart. And so don't allow things into your mind, into your thought life, uh, into, uh, you know, and don't pick up other people's offenses, ladies. You know, we're very sympathetic. It's wonderful. We feel what people feel. But sometimes you need to like distance yourself. Sometimes you can still be graceful, gracious, love people, but don't take their offense and their grumpiness. And even if they, you know, lay, tell you everything about their husband or whatever, don't take an offense against their husband. Um, and don't, get, don't ever get in the middle of someone's marriage either, because then, you know, then they'll, they'll turn on you. They'll, they'll gang up and turn on you. <laughs> so pastors, just keep yourself out of it and just give them godly counsel and let them figure it out. Amen. Don't, don't tell people what to do. Just give, tell them what the Word says, and then they need to make a decision what they're going to do with that. And they can't turn, well, you tell me this, and you said I must do that. Well, no, you do what the Holy Ghost tells you to do. Amen. I know people don't always want to hear it. Like, I know when Ben came, just, well, Pastor, give me some advice for the church, running a church. But Rodney's like, just do whatever the Holy Ghost tells you to do. Well, <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's, that's going to be your success in life. We told our kids, we didn't tell, well, you know, you need to do this, and you need to do that, and you, you, you're the pastor, and you're the evangelist, and you're the, you know, whatever their calling was that we could see on their life. We just said to them, you do whatever the Holy Ghost tells you to do. And then when they came up with some idea that they were going to go do this here, we said, did the Holy Ghost tell you that? And be like, <laughs> back to the drawing board, yes, I know, because they knew the Holy Ghost didn't say that to them. Or if the Holy Ghost did, then we would, we would echo that, yes, we feel like this is what the Lord is saying to you. Amen. So we don't let these sinners influence us, and we definitely don't become one of them. And that's why it's so important to guard your heart, because you can end up there. You know, it's a slippery slope. Sometimes people end up with the scornful and mockers, don't even know, how did I get here? But there's always a way back. Amen. And we can, we can come back to the Lord, and we can baptize you again. We can do whatever we need to do, break that spirit off of your life, and get you delivered. And don't give up on anybody. Just keep praying for them. If you know people that are like that, just keep praying for them that the Lord would turn them around, bring them back, open their eyes, and that, that the devil would no longer be able to blind them. Because what is, the Bible says it's the devil that's blinding people's eyes. The sinners, but also some, there's some Christians whose eyes have been blinded. So let's just pray, pray for them. So we need to delight in the Word of God. We need to meditate on it day and night. We need to let the Word of God direct our thoughts, words, and actions. And then we're going to be blessed, established, fresh, green, fruitful, and prosperous. Hallelujah. So we need to become what the Word says. We need to be that person. You need to live it out in your thought life. So you need to check your thought life immediately. Don't let your thoughts just run with things that are ungodly. Check the, your thought life immediately. Learn to. Check your mouth. Check, check your mouth. If something comes out of your mouth, 
that you know you shouldn't have said, repent immediately. I mean, I, I would do that. I would em embarrass myself because it was embarrassing to admit, oh, I'm so sorry, I should not have said that. You know, when you first start doing it, after a while you just don't really care. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> because you got delivered. But in the beginning, it's embarrassing to say, oh, I'm so sorry, I, that, was, that was mean. I should not have said that. That was nasty. Uh, but I made myself do it so that next time I would remember not to do it and it, it would, before it came out of my mouth, it would stop. And I had to train myself. And I'm not saying I'm perfect either because stuff can still slip out. But at least I'm a work in progress and I'm, I'm getting there. And I've, and I've made progress and I can see the progress and I'm happy. Thank you, Jesus. I might mess up tomorrow, but thank God. His mercies are new every morning, <laughs> and, he, and he'll forgive me. But if we make that our habit to check it immediately and not let that thing go, right? If someone gets mad at you, you get mad at, go immediately to sort it out. Don't let the thing go. That's why the Bible says in your marriage, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't go sleep on that attitude and that mess. Make it right before you even, before you even go to bed. So make things right promptly. Make things right with your children, make things right with your mom, with your dad, with your kids, with your, with your coworkers, with, the, with everybody that you know. Make it right as fast as you can. The Bible says, listen, not everybody, not everybody is gonna be like you and want to make it right. Some people just wanna be grumpy and they wanna hold unforgiveness. And you know, we've had that in our life, but you, know, you just at least forgive them, love them, release them, leave the door open for them to come back. Amen. There's some people that went through some stuff that, and they got mad at us, and it wasn't even they were mad at us, it's like they were going through stuff and we were just a handy target, right? So we understand that, and so just, just love people, leave them, and some of them takes two years, they come back, and then we should be there with open arms to receive them, not, well, we knew you'd come back, you big mess, you. No, you, you, you don't do that, you just, you, you just welcome back, like the father with the prodigal son. The older brother was mad because he didn't scold him and, may, and punish him. But he, he, he knew he was already repentant or he wouldn't have come home. I love that the dad was out there looking for him. He wasn't in the tent doing whatever he was doing. Then the, oh, but, oh your, your son is outside. He was standing at who knows how many days, weeks, months, that he stood outside there looking for that boy to come home because he knew he would. He knew that he put things in that kid and the devil took him off down a wrong path, but he knew God would put that kid back. Listen, there's things you put into your kid, you raised them right, they made some choices, but God has to bring them back because he is faithful to his word. Amen. Hallelujah. So you keep loving them, praying for them, and when they come back, just open, don't even wait to wash them. He didn't even wash him. He must have been so stinky, dirty, smelling like pig, and he put a robe on him and the ring and the shoes and the let's throw a party. Amen. And so let's not be the older brother that gets grumpy when we see how the Lord restores and, and brings back, and because we, we think people should pay for stuff. But thank God, God wasn't like that with us. He didn't make us pay. He received us. He accepted us as we were. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for that, that you forgave us for all the mess, all the stuff. There's mess, there's stuff. Some of you, even some believers, there's things that, that have happened that you haven't been able to forgive. 
yourself of. Well, you have to know if you've repented, you are forgiven and you're washed clean. Amen. And that God can, we're going to believe God that he's going to touch you today. Amen. And set you free from whatever that thing is that you're carrying, whatever regrets, whatever anger, bitterness, if, where you feel like you failed, you've messed up, you screwed up so badly. Um, and, and there's things that people carry that hinder them from, from the blessing of God in their life because of things that have happened in the past. And the Lord wants to set you completely free and make you a fresh, clean slate and give you a new beginning. And it's not too late. Amen. It's never too late. So this virtuous woman, she's making progress, right? She's, she began where we all begin, at the beginning. But she progressed into the woman that we see in Proverbs 31. Once she was young, once she didn't know, once she, had, she needed to be instructed, she needed somebody to teach her. But the Bible says that if it's a foolish person that refuses to receive instruction and correction. So you choose whether you receive instruction or correction, or you choose not to, and that's your choice. Bible says that wisdom is crying out in the marketplace. It's not far away, it's not something we have to, you know, beg God for. God says wisdom is, she's standing there and she's like yelling at you, I'm here if you will hear me. It's we the ones that have to tune our ears in to wisdom and, and receive wisdom because with wisdom comes correction and we have to be willing to receive correction. I'm so glad my parents co brought correction to us and spanked us. My father always would say, you'll be happy when you're grown up that I spanked you. I was happy when I was a kid that he spanked me. Maybe that's weird, but I knew that I deserved it. And when I got saved, there were some things I needed to fix in my life, and I wish that my dad had actually spanked me for those things because it took me a little longer as a grown up <laughs> to sort some of those things out. So correction is not a bad thing, it's not a negative thing. We do, should not see it as that. The world tries to tell you, no, you know, people, England especially, they have lost their ever-loving mind. And so they're trying to destroy society, they're trying to destroy families, so it's all in this plan, this Marxist plan, just to, just to destroy us and, and destroy everything, all, all, the, all the, the bonds that hold us together um, of, of just family and relationships and mutual respect and understanding and the grace and the truth and all those things that God established. Everything the devil does is a, an attack against the order and the authority and the blessing that God has established. And you have to understand, it comes from every direction. So they have them in the preschools. Listen, you are the grown-up. You're talking two, three, four, five-year-olds that don't have a clue. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, and correction, the rod of correction, will drive it far from them. And that is a principle that is never going to change. It's eternal. We are born stupid, and we need some, somebody to like pat this padding here on the back, that's what it's for, and there's this nerve that goes straight up into the brain, and, you know, especially with boys. <clears throat> especially with boys. Women will remember emotional events, and, and boys will remember pain. They need a spanking on the bottom, and they need some correction, and they need some hugs and loves and forgiveness, and not holding it against them, right? Grace and truth. Our kids need grace and truth as well. So they have these teachers in these preschools and the children must direct the program. What do they know about ABC, one, two, three, direct the program? They know nothing. And no, but the children are gonna decide what we're doing today. You are stupid. <laughs> if you think that is going to turn out well, ever, at all. And so you're creating this generation of stupid people who don't want to listen to correction because they've never been corrected in their life. 
And so now they're not just stupid, but they're full of the devil. And if you've seen the news lately of these people throwing tantrums, grown-ups throwing tantrums on the street when they didn't get what they wanted. Listen, that's, that stuff is not just fleshly, it is literally demonic. When they're standing in front of a cop, like screaming, ah, they're, they're, they're demonized. But we are not those people, amen. And we're not gonna be dominated and, and, and cower before the world and change what we do. No, they can throw the toys out the cart and freak out. They spank their kids. Yes, we do. <laughs> because we love them. And God spanks us because he loves us. What does the Bible say? He corrects everybody he loves. It doesn't say he corrects those he doesn't love. He corrects those he loves for our benefit to make heaven. I don't know about you, but I want my child to make heaven. I'm not going to abuse my child. I'm going to love them, and I'm going to bring the correction to their life in any way that the Bible tells me is appropriate to do. Amen? And so I lead by example. I have to be the person I want my child to be. It's not do what I say, not what I do. My dad used to say that to us because he smoked. And he did some, I don't know what else he did, but he was, you know what, uh, I, I don't, anyways. He was a very good dad. His dad died when he was nine, and he, he did his best. And you know what he raised with him? He chose the right lady, my mom, hallelujah. He looked very hard and longed for her, and when he found her, he wasn't letting her get away. And, uh, but, you know, and I thank God for her example and godly influence, and between the two of them, they raised five good kids, amen. And so I, I appreciate that. So we can take the good from our family, and we can take it with us into the next, to our family, and the not so good, we can leave it behind. You don't have to take the bad with us and leave the good. Let's take the good, let's leave the bad. No, listen, there is no functional family. We're all dysfunctional. Just get over it, because we live on this earth. But we're doing the best that we can, and thank God we at least have Jesus, amen. And so we can mitigate a lot of that stuff and, and not have to make the same mistakes that we see other people make. So this woman, she was also once young, newly married, but she worked, she grew her talents, and she made progress. So as long as you're a work in progress, you don't have to be perfect right now, but just be, be willing and be a work in progress. The Lord, the Lord will bring you to that place in time. She didn't sit back, she applied herself, worked, grew her talents, made progress, but, and now we see quality, we see high standard in everything that she is and everything that she does. We see that she's a fruit producer. Amen. The things that she does produces good fruit in her life and in her family. She is not ashamed of the blessing of God either. We don't have to, make, we don't have to be ashamed of the blessing of God. We are blessed and a blessing. We're blessed because we belong to Him. We're blessed because we're givers. We're blessed because we're sowers of seed. We're blessed because we love and bless other people, and we are not ashamed of the blessing. We, we are willing, we're happy to receive all the blessing that the Lord has for us. Amen. And if no one else is going to be blessed and they don't want it, we'll take their portion as well. Amen. Hallelujah. She honors God, she works hard, and she reaps the blessing. Amen. So she works hard, but she also works smart. You don't have to just work hard, you can work smart. One of the things, the good advice my dad gave us, he said, 
educate yourself. He said, life's an empty cup, you have to fill it. Don't wait for somebody else to do it for you. Don't wait for somebody else to give to you. I, 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 pers I do not like people who believe that faith without hints is dead. I don't like moochers. I, I, I don't like. We made a decision when we got married, we had no money, as my husband said, I had the car, he had the guitar, and uh, we decided we're not gonna ask my mother for money or his mother for money. We're not even tell them when we need money. We were in the house and needed money, we didn't tell them, and they'd ask him, we wouldn't say. We said, Lord, we're gonna work your word, and your word is gonna work for us. So we're gonna tithe, we're gonna give, you are going to bless us, you're gonna take care of us, and you know what we need. And we would pray, and God would bring in, even when, when we were minister for churches, and they wouldn't, they didn't give us much or anything at all. We would pray and the Lord would bring it some other way, the exact amount we asked for. Time after time, not like we asked for $500, we got 500, not 501 or 499, 500. And it might've come in through one person, it might come through three people, but it was the exact amount on the day that we needed it. And the Lord was teaching us in these small things. If we, if we can believe him for the five bucks and the 10 bucks and the 20, 50 and the 500, then we can believe him in the big things as well. Amen. Amen. The same principle, it's the same faith. It's the same faith for 500 bucks as to 500,000. It's the same faith, same principle. But obviously we don't start out with 500,000, we've got to start out with the 50 and the 100 and the 500. When we first came to America, we were believing God for consistently for 500 a week to come in. And so, and look at what the Lord has done and, and grown. But you have to put the work and the effort in and obey God's word and make God's words work. Because if you haven't got seed in the ground, there's no harvest to come up. So she works hard and smart. My dad said, go to university, educate yourself. And if you can, own your own business. And I'm so glad that he planted those seeds into us. And that's what my parents did. They, they bought a piece of land. My mother started her own business, a daycare center. And they would have five bucks at the end of the month for, you know, after they paid all the bills, just to do anything extra. And obviously, I think five bucks went a little further at those times. I think you could buy a little bag of chips for five cents. <laughs> I remember, and then I remember when it went up to seven cents. Anyway, you could buy, you could buy bubble gum for one cent, and, and Chappie's bubble gum, you could get two for one cent. We actually had a half a cent back in those days. I think money was worth more back then. So we've got to work hard, but we've got to work smart. And that's where the anointing comes in, and the Holy Ghost, and creativity, and favor. Wow, I mean, there's favor. You can't pay for favor, but God will give you favor. If you'll put your faith out for it, he'll give it to you. Amen. So she never shirks her duties. The Bible says that her gain from work is good. She tastes and sees that her gain from work with and for God is good. So she makes progress. She, she makes gain. She's, she's increasing. She's being blessed. God always brings increase. Amen. When we do what's right and we, we're faithful. She buys land and plants vineyards. So she considers the land. She buys it. I mean, she possibly consulted her husband beforehand, but he trusted her. She just went, she looked at it. This is good. I feel in my heart. This is, she bought it. Hallelujah. You, you, God can anoint you to buy land. So she bought the land, and then what did she do? She worked it. She planted the, planted the vineyards. So you can buy a business. You can buy something that's, go, that's going to produce, but then, of course, you have to get up in the morning and work. Amen. So the, the Amplified says she considers the new field before she buys or accepts it, expanding prudently and not courting neglect of her present duties by assuming other duties with her savings of time and strength, she plants fruitful vines in her vineyard. So if we do it properly the first time, we don't have to go back and fix it. And you know, the most important thing that you can do properly is raise your children. It's very hard to go back and fix if you've been neglectful in the beginning. 
Children are a lot of work, let me tell you. Any mom can, t it's, it's a lot. I mean, even, <laughs> we decided we're, you know, we God called us to be on the road. I'm like, you know what, we're gonna have kids, they're just gonna fit in with our schedule, we're gonna take them on the road. Well, we did do all of that, but I, I also learned that, that you have to fit in with their schedule, especially like toddlers and, little, and babies. If they need to sleep, they need to sleep. They need to have, a, they need to have you need to be organized, uh, you need to have, the, much of your raising children that, that makes it more stress-free for you is actually your routine, if you can have them in a, in a good routine. Now, we had, I did just do it by faith because we didn't have a, a conventional routine. We had a road routine. So I had to pray for grace. So wherever, you know, <laughs> wherever there's, you, you, you know, it's, you, you're not managing to do it like the normal way. You just have to pray for grace, and thank God he does make up for it. And so um, it, it wasn't easy raising three kids on the road, but it was totally worth it to keep the family together. And, and then afterwards, right, so with Kelly, I felt like she lived until she died. We got to take her around the world, experience all kinds of amazing things in her short 18 years that she got to experience as much as she could in life. And then, then my kids, Kenneth, he does not want to go anywhere. He's happy to stay. Kirsten, she's up for any adventure. And one of the things she said to us, you know, because I wanted to apologize for some of the things when she was growing up that, you know, maybe were stressful for her. And she's like, are you kidding? I love the way that I was raised. It made me into who I am today. Amen. And so there's always grace in every situation of whatever you call to do, whether you call in ministry, business, whatever, whatever. If you're feeling stressed, stressed and stretched and everything else, God will give you the grace. He'll give your spouse the grace. He'll give your children the grace if you'll ask for it. Amen. So you do everything you know to do, and God makes up everything you can't do, the Lord will make up to you. But you've got to ask because you don't have because you don't ask and you don't expect. So you have to expect the Lord to show up for you. And even when Kelly was born with cystic fibrosis, I had a little chat with the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I know you don't change your, you know, don't change your mind about us. Just because our kid was born with CF, you know, I, I know, you're, you know you didn't tell us come off the road. So I'm going to stay on the road with my husband, but you better, make, you better provide, you better make a way, and you better, you better make, help us make this work. And um, you know, I didn't even actually even think about the financial part. I was just thinking more about just managing. And then the Lord showed me later how he, he it, and it's expensive. It was forty to 60000 a year out of pocket for her care that we had to pay. And the Lord showed me a couple of years ago, sharing the testimony with somebody of how, what the Lord did with us. And he showed me that that prayer that I prayed was actually, I was making a covenant with the Lord. I just thought it was a request. And he said, it, he showed me it was a covenant. And you know what? Not one time did we or our family, our children ever go without financially to provide for what Kelly needed. God provided everything, everything for her, her care. We never lacked anything and everything was paid for and she was taken care of. So you have, listen, God is working on your behalf, things you didn't even think about. And he shows you back, hey, remember, look what I did. I was a puddle on the floor. It was like, Lord, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Hallelujah. Nothing you sacrifice for him ever goes unnoticed or unseen or unrewarded. In eternity, but, but here and now. The Bible says we get our reward here and we get it in eternity. So this lady sets a high standard for herself. She brings her food from afar. She's like the merchant ships, loaded with foodstuffs. 
She brings her household food from a far country. So she sources the food she feeds to herself and her household from the best places. Not because she's being snooty, but because you don't want to feed yourself garbage in, garbage out, right? You can feed yourself at Mac McDonald's, you're not going to be healthy. So this lady doesn't have McDonald's faith. <laughs> she has filet mignon faith. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you can still eat healthy on a limited budget if you're prepared to make it yourself. I'm actually horrified, I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands, of people who, ladies who don't know how to cook. Learn, figure it out. Cook food for your family. I am sorry if you're sitting there feeling convicted and you feel like I'm shaming you. I am sorry. But you need to have the faith to learn to do what you think you can't. Don't tell me you can't do it. You can figure it out. God will help you. Listen, Shawnee is, she is upstairs somewhere cooking for us. She's our gourmet Michelin chef. Well, she will be eventually. My husband just calls her Michelin chef, Michelin chef by faith. We eat amazing. I mean, she does. She couldn't eat. She didn't even know how to cut a tomato properly and couldn't cook an egg properly when she came from South Africa as a young married woman. You would not even believe that. But we were sitting, we had one time where we didn't have anybody because we've always, through the years, we've had God's grace us with some people who have done the food for us and done a great job, all of them. And um, so that year we didn't have anybody for one of, the, one of the meetings we had. We catered it from outside. The food was <coughs> Anyways, so uh, she was sitting there and thinking, oh, this food is terrible. And then the Lord said, well, what are you going to do about it? And uh, she felt convicted. So she went into the kitchen. She said, um, well, okay, you know what? Can you teach me? I'd like to help. And she, she got in there and did one, one conference where and she was helping them make. And then at the end, uh, the <laughs> Merrick, he, he and Yolanda were cooking. He handed her the knife and the apron, I guess, and the knife. Said, yeah, you anointed to do this. She's like, ah! I mean, she's young, but she's a, she's a go-getter. So she, she said, okay, Lord, we're going to do this. So she had to pray, but the Lord blessed her. Then we sent her to culinary school. And while she was there, the the, even through COVID, the culinary school became the top, was called, nominated the top one in the country, and she graduated top of her class. So, amen. So even if you can't cut a tomato or, you know, boil an egg, you can learn, and you can, you can become the best at it if you'll just apply yourself. And, apply, and it's, it's actually cool, the favor that God's given her. There were some recipes she tried. There was some crazy, crazy stuff, right? So there was this thing made out of, it's kind of a dessert, and it's a balloon, you blow it up with helium, and then you're supposed to like eat it and then suck the helium in, and, and everybody's filming you being ridiculous. It was, it was fun. So she, she did all kinds of crazy, that was one of the craziest things. I'm sure there was more crazy things. But um, she, was, she tried, and she for hours trying to make this, and it, she wasn't, and she prayed, and the Lord told her, make, make, change this ingredient, use this ingredient, and the thing worked. So where you don't know what to do, and there's no book, and there's no YouTube video, right? It's like our... Our, our granddaughter cuts every, her own hair and everybody else's hair. Where did you learn to do this? YouTube. They learned to do everything on YouTube. And uh, so, you know, if there's no YouTube video, there's the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We, we have, to brag on her some more and her team, we have these Unox ovens, fancy schmancy, if you don't know about them. Anyways, they're super fancy schmancy um, from Italy, Massimo, and... Uh, you know, nobody gets to have these, you have to be like anointed to get them. I mean, you have to be like 
favored. You need favor. To get, they're very expensive, but you have to have favor. They're not, they're not, this guy's not going to put his ovens in anybody's kitchen, right? And we have them in that kitchen, this kitchen, all the kitchens. God gave us favor. And they didn't know how to, they hadn't figured out how to make bread. And our team figured out how to make bread. And so they use our recipe, right, our settings on this thing to make the bread. So, well, these ovens, let me tell you, it's like a little world in this little oven. So you can set the temperature, you can set the, the pressure, right? Sea level or, you know, 5,000 feet above sea level. You can set the humidity, the pressure. You can set everything and the timer and it's preset. So you just put food in there. And food that would cost, uh, take nine minutes, you can do in like 90 seconds. And it is amazing. So technology is wonderful. But without the anointing, <laughs> amen, without the anointing, thank God we have the anointing. We have an advantage over the whole rest of the world because we have the anointing. We have the Holy Spirit. So she buys quality goods. She makes and sells quality goods, pure and fine clothing and fabrics. Listen, don't make a cheap product and try and put an expensive price on it. Amen or oh me. I shared with you last night about the watches, how we put the very best into the watches. In the Bibles, we put the very best. We couldn't, my husband couldn't spend any more money on those Bibles, on the paper, on the leather, on the box, on everything. We had to pay 10 bucks a Bible just to get the Amplified Classic, just to pay for being able to print that version because they brought out the new one and we didn't want the new one, we wanted the old one. So they charged us 10 bucks a Bible just on that. So whatever we do, we, put, we do the best that, that we can possibly do. And when you do that, God will bless you. And so with, with the watches, listen, the, the watch will, the, the unsaved people want to come to us. Who are we? We're pastors. We're, we're, we're watch dealers. We don't make any money off of it. We, it all goes to the ministry. Um, personally, we don't. But it's excellent. And the world's looking to us, and they're like, how? You have sold so many watches, and there's companies that have put billions, not just millions, millions and millions and millions of dollars into, into development and advertising and haven't sold what we've sold. And it all happened fast. You know why? Favor. Favor. God gave connections. God made a way. God hooked us up with the right people. The, <laughs> and it's a funny story, so I don't want to get into the whole thing. But you have someone that was actually critiquing. You know, you get these people, they, they make a living like preachers and sneakers, like of Instagram accounts, getting people to follow them while they put the you know, show photos of the preachers wearing sneakers or jackets or whatever and put how much it costs there. Well, nobody does that to the rappers. Nobody has a rappers and sneakers and watches and jets and whatever and, oh, it cost them this much. Everyone, oh, that's wonderful. Isn't that like totally perverse? Isn't this wonderful that this ungodly person leading people down the wrong way, it's fine for them to have as much money, the big houses, the jets and gold shoes or whatever they want. Fine, no worries. But if you're a Christian, you, you can't even have a pair of sneakers that cost $240. Well, on that. <laughs> we are not ashamed. And God will bless us, but we have to give him the credit. Amen. God will bless you, but always give him the credit. So don't be ashamed of the blessing. Don't be greedy. Don't make... Getting that stuff your priority. Make the kingdom your priority. Make souls your priority. Make sowing and being a blessing your, your priority. And then what does the Bible say? Those things will come and overtake you. 
That word overtake actually means suddenly. Suddenly, blessings will show up. So we just get so focused on being a blessing, and suddenly, God blesses our socks off. How many of you have ever been so blessed you started crying? If you didn't, you can. But you've got to start sowing. You've got to look for opportunities. Don't be focusing on yourself. Don't be going looking for the blessing. I'm not out there looking for blessing. Blessing's looking for me. So I'm looking to be a blessing. And as I'm being a blessing, I'm being blessed. That word where David said, You've, you have made the king a blessing, it, it's translated both blessed and blessing. Psalm 21. Blessed and so. We are blessed, but we are also a blessing. The two go hand in hand. When God blesses you, he makes you a blessing. When you're a blessing, he blesses you. And it's just this wonderful blessing cycle that just never ends. It just gets bigger and bigger and draws more people in with it. And, and, God, just, and God gets all the glory. Amen. Because that's the whole purpose of everything in our life is to give God the glory. So she makes all this, these quality things, the coverlets, the cushions, the rugs. Her, linen is, her clothing is of linen, pure and fine and purple, such as that of which the clothing of the priest, the hallowed cloths of the temple were made. So we don't have to buy our clothes at Walmart. Maybe we start out there. Maybe that's our budget right now. But we need to have a vision for actually for some nice stuff, and God will bless us with nice stuff. Because, you know, you can buy your dresses on Amazon, but you're going to wash them three times, and they're going to fall apart. Or you can, you, can, you, know, you can have five outfits for the price of one outfit that lasts you longer, and that's quality. And that'll last you for years and that you'll enjoy. Amen. So she runs a prosperous business. She makes fine linen garments and leads others to buy them. She delivers to the merchants girdles and sashes and whatever. She made all the stuff and delivers it to the merchants and she sells it. So she's productive because she minds her own business. She doesn't have her nose in everybody else's business. She minds her own business. She takes care of what she's, she's not worried about what other people are doing. She's focusing on what things, we don't have time to focus on what other people are doing. We've got so much stuff that's in our sphere of responsibility that we need to take care of. We don't have time to worry about what other people are doing or not doing. So she doesn't waste any time with things that don't, uh, don't concern her but she focuses on herself, her household, and her business. And she applies her effort, she applies her creativity. I just love to watch all the creativity of, you know, and, I, and we, we talk business and ministry, and there's a lot of people, listen, what we don't want you to do is, get, is for the business to suck you away from ministry that God has called you to do. So ministry always needs to be priority for you, but it just blesses me to see the creativity and the development as I watch everybody with their painting and their earrings and their jewelry and their whatever that they do. I, just, I did not know we had this much gifting and talent and creativity in amongst us, and it's just, it's beautiful, and it gives glory to God, hallelujah. So, she is prepared. It says she's not afraid, she fears not the snow for her family, for her household are doubly clothed in scarlet. Scarlet was very, very expensive because um, they used to have these little critters that they would get the, the, the purple from, the purples and the blues. They were very, very tiny, so you could only dye like a very tiny piece of the garment. So it was very, very expensive because it took so many of these little critters to dye one piece of garment, and they are doubly clothed. I mean, this woman is blessed. Oh my goodness, I don't know if you can be more blessed than this. So she's not afraid of the future. She's in readiness for the future. Verse 25 says she, re she rejoices over the future, the latter day or time to come, knowing that she and her family are in readiness for it. So this is not just for natural things, but it's eternal things. 
It's not just making sure your kids have food and clothes and they're provided for and their future is provided for, but to actually provide for their eternal future is the most important thing, more important than clothing and, and going to college and Bible school or whatever it is and going into what they're called to do, but that they're prepared to meet Jesus. And that's our job. That's what the Lord told us when we started this church. He said, prepare my people for eternity. So you need to see your life as a path going in front of you that's lit up, up, straight path, not going to the right or left, straight up and into eternity. He said, when we take these, this you know, garment off our body, that we just step straight in to eternity. But we're living in eternity right now. We're living in the blessing of God. We're living in His provision. We're living in His joy and peace how wonderful. That is what eternal life is. Not living miserably, suffering until, oh, thank God we die, and then at least we go into heaven. <laughs> Amen. Because our promised land is not heaven. Our promised land is here on earth because how, could, how can the promised land be heaven if there's giants in it and enemies? Promised land is here on the earth, and we've got to face those giants, we've got to face those enemies, and we've got to conquer them. And a lot of those giants and enemies are the, the things that hold us back in our own brain. It's not like people and outside things coming against us, but it's our own attitudes and things that we're stuck. So if you're stuck somewhere, ask the Lord to deliver you. Amen. My prayer was, was Lord, I don't know what you need. I, you know, I'm, I, don't, I don't know what I need, but you know what I need, so please come and do it in me. Change my heart. I never felt ready to do anything God called me to do, so I just said, Lord, do a work in my heart. Do the work in me. Prepare me, because I know, I know you've called me, and I feel completely inadequate, and I am inadequate right now in the natural, and that's okay. That's an okay place to be. That's not a bad place to be. At least you know. We need to know what our limitations are so that we know that it's God and we can give him all the glory. Right, So it doesn't matter what your limitations are, what limitations you put on yourself, or what they are. I mean, it's like um, uh, David Ring, who has cerebral palsy. I mean, he can't talk probably because of the cerebral palsy. And, and he says, like, I have cerebral palsy, preacher. What's wrong with you? If I can get up and preach. So he's a sign and a wonder to like, hey, you know, you, you, don't, you haven't had the struggles. You haven't had to go through. And yet you're healthy and you, you don't have problems. Why aren't you out there doing what he's doing? Amen. So we, can, we, we need to take what we have and say, Lord, bless it. Breathe on it. Do the work in us so that we can be best use of you. Because in any case, when you get up in your own confidence and your own ability, you're going to fall flat. You always have to get up with that just, Lord, you, I, you do this. I can't do this. You do this. I make room for you. I make space for you. Just, just be, let me be just a conduit that you move through. That's why I don't, we don't care about titles or whatever, you know, apostle, prophet, pastor, whatever. It's like, we just say, hey, we're an usher. We had an usher in the presence of God and, and just stand there weeping, watching him touch people's lives. So if you can just be an usher your whole life to usher God's presence in, to bring God's presence wherever you go and see people's life touched, changed forever, amen. You know, when I, when I met my husband, he shared with me, God called him to travel to America and Lord showed him he'll speak in arenas and then he said, uh, you know, I, I, I just want to see people saved, healed, and delivered. So he did not make his vision arenas. He made his vision say each person, one by one, saved, healed, and delivered. And because he focused on getting people saved, healed, and delivered, whether it was one person, two people, 11 people, or 5,000, or, or 35,000, God put us in those arenas. So you have to understand the priorities. The priorities are not to be famous and have a Big, big ministry, big business, big and be the best. The priorities are to, to show Jesus to the world and to, to, to actually put, add value to people's lives, 
to love them and bless them, right? So I was talking about the watches, and I think I didn't finish that sentence, that, that, that thought. But God, God connected us with a guy that was, you know, he posted some photos of, of Pastor Rodney's watch, and uh, oh, then cost this much, and actually it was probably, I don't know, so let's make up some numbers, 25. He only paid 13 for it, right? Because we don't pay, we pay heavenly prices, we don't pay the world's prices. And in any case, and then, and then all these people were coming on, well, actually, I bought that watch for him. And <laughs> anyway, so Pastor Rodney ended up reaching out to this kid, just blessing his socks off. I mean, the kid, the kid was in tears. He didn't know what to do. Because like, here he has been sort of, you know, mocking. And here we turned around and loved on him and blessed him. But the Lord used him to make the connections for us to even make these watches. Because he had the connections for the people, the right people. And so these watches are made in Switzerland. They're the best quality. In every way, they're the best that we could do. And the designs are amazing. And there's, there's two men's watches and the third one coming out. And we have the ladies' ones. And so <clears throat> what, a, what a blessing and a testimony. And those are, they are available. They are on their way to us. They were just held up by customs. It's not our fault. So you can, you can buy one already. You can pre-order. You can put your faith out for one. You can send the picture to your husband with, the <laughs> with Pastor Allen's contact details. <laughs> Amen. And, um, and so we're, we're and, these, and like I said, these are testimonies. The men's watches, the ladies' are testimonies to the world. And they look at us and they don't know. People are going to look at you and they don't know how you do what you do. They don't know how you're so blessed. They don't know how you're so prosperous. They, they, they can't figure it out. Amen. And you can say, well, I can tell you how. Do you know Jesus? I want to introduce you to my Jesus. Amen. So her husband is an elder in the land. He's influential. He's respected. He's held in honor. Now, the Bible says, who can find a virtuous woman? So he obviously, he, obviously he's a man of valor. She's a woman of virtue. He went looking for a good woman. And she didn't just marry a turkey. She said yes to this man. Listen, when I met my husband, he had no money. But I saw in him, I saw on him the hand of God. I saw, I saw, I saw the, I don't know what I saw. If you want to call it potential or whatever. But I saw the hand of God on him. And, and he was a very good salesman. Anyway, no, it wasn't just that. <clears throat> but I saw the anointing on him. And I believed what he said to me. And so even though I had no evidence of it in the natural, I trusted his word to me and that he would do what he said and that God would do what God said and that the Lord would be faithful. And together we built the marriage. We, together we built the ministry because it takes two. I didn't just sit back and you know, expect him to do everything. I had to pull my weight. I had to pray. I had to stand with him. We had to join our faith together because on our own, we can you know, defeat 1,000, but together 10. And it just, and it multiplies. And so I, I decided I'm going to be a team player. And again, like I shared, you know, everybody chokes over the submit word, but it's just about you know, being a helper, being a helpmeet, being a team player. And so you can be a, a good helpmeet and be on a winning team, or you can just be stubborn and arrogant and prideful and contentious and grumpy and want your own way and be on the losing team. It's up to you. But our entire Christian walk and life is to follow Jesus as, as an example. And what was he? He was humble. We need to be humble. We need to be teachable. And if we're humble and teachable and respectful, amen, and we walk the love walk, we're courteous. We're not selfish. We don't demand our own way. We're not touchy, fretful, or resentful. Because you're, 
your love walk, the level of your love walk is the level of your spiritual maturity. I'm not going to preach a whole sermon on that. I might, but I, not right now. But the level of your love walk is the level of your spiritual maturity. So if you touchy, fretful, resentful, grumpy, rude, unmannerly, pushy, always looking for your own way, you're a big, fat baby. I don't care if you've been sitting in church your whole life. And, and you have no excuse. And don't tell me, well, but my husband, this, that. We have, you're not going to stand in front of Jesus and say, but my husband? And he's not going to stand there and say, but my wife, either. Amen. It's like Pastor Rodney says, he gets his people, oh, my wife left me because of the anointing. Well, maybe she did, but maybe she left you because you're a turkey. You, as he says, a jackass. <laughs> you didn't treat her right. You're full of yourself. You didn't prioritize her. Amen. We, we, listen, we t- I tell the guys, if you will treat your wife right, and you will meet her emotional needs, and you'll let her know that she is your priority, she'll follow you anyways. But you have to put, husbands have to put the work in and do their part, and we have to put the work in and do our part. And, and if we're, you know, looking for each other, waiting for each other to change, no, change yourself. When we change ourselves, it's amazing how all the relationships in our life just fall into place. Amen. Amen. So you're not responsible for your husband. You're responsible to him. You're responsible for yourself. You're not responsible for anybody else in your life, even your children. You're responsible to them, responsible for, for you and your attitude. So her husband is known in the city gates uh, where he sits among the elders of the land. You know what they say? Behind every successful man is a great woman. So you get the credit whichever way. You can be up front or you can be behind the scenes. You're going to get the credit. Don't worry about it. Some people are worried about being thanked and getting credit. If you don't worry about it and you just serve and love and do what's right, you will get the credit. Amen. Together they are successful, influential, and respected. This woman, as Proverbs 12 and verse 4, a virtuous, worthy wife, earnest and strong in character, is a crowning joy to her husband, but he, she who makes him ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. So her accomplishments, she has many accomplishments that she has developed and cultivated. She's strong, spirit, soul, and body. She carries herself with the dignity of godliness. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and her position is strong and secure. Nobody can take her place. Why should her husband look for some other turkey when he has her? Why should he want some floozy? Why would he want, you know, when, when husbands say, I've heard husbands say, Lord, when, <laughs> when my wife hits 40, I'm going to trade her in for two 20-year-olds. I have to, everything within me has to resist the urge to take a pan and smack him in the face. <laughs> that is so disrespectful to your wife. So disrespectful. So when you are that godly woman, your husband you can be old and gray and wrinkly, and he is not going to want to trade you in for any younger floozy because he has the best. Why should he go and eat a hot dog when he can have caviar? Amen. And if he's going to be that stupid, then why did you marry the guy? I don't know. Anyway. I mean, I'm sorry. Some, you know, some of us got married before we were saved. And, but, you know, the Lord can... The Lord, uh, the Lord can help that, and the Lord can bless you and help you, and the Lord can save both, if both of you get saved and turn around. I mean, I've seen miracles. I've seen, I mean, people that were such a mess, and they got saved, 
and God turned them. I mean, look at some of the people, like look at Kenneth Copeland, Jesse's, Jesse and Kathy, all of them, they were all unsaved when they got married, and look at what, and big messes, but they got saved, they applied the word to their own life, and God turned it, turned it around. Um, Jerry and, and, and Carolyn, she was saved, she prayed for him, and, uh, and how God turned them around and used them. So God can rescue any marriage, there's, there's hope for everybody, amen. So strength and dignity are her clothing, her position is strong and secure. So she has given her life to humbly serve others, she's built godly character. Um, she, her position, let's see, her position is strong and secure, her position is a beloved child of the Most High God. Her position is a godly, respected woman. Her position is a wife and a mom. Her position as a businesswoman and an employer, hallelujah. And her position in the community. She's established, she's strong, her life is built on the rock. Proverbs 11 verse 16 says, a gracious woman retains honor. So she's also, as her husband is esteemed and honored, she is as well. And in Proverbs 31, 28, um, her children rise up and call her blessed. Happy fortune to be envied. Her husband boasts of her and praises her, saying, many daughters have done virtuously and well with the strength of character that is steadfast in goodness, but you excel them all. Listen, your husband needs to, you can be the kind of wife that your husband thinks you hung the moon, that you are the best thing since last year. There's no other woman in the world that is as, is as amazing as you. Amen. And you, you can become that woman. It doesn't matter where you start out. You can become, because you honor the Lord, because first you're his child and you honor his word and you do what is right and you serve him and you, you, you don't listen, you don't hang out with ungodly people, you don't, with the sinners and the scornful, you, you focus on the word, you put the word in your heart, you mind your own business and you, you take care of your family, you put the phone down and you pay attention to your children Amen. You get up early in the morning, you clean your house, or believe God, you pay somebody to do it. <laughs> right? Don't have a messy house. Have a clean house. Have a happy house. When your husband comes home, let him be welcomed at the door, not like, you know, not like, take the baby and I'm leaving. <laughs> Anyway, they have these uh, things that they would put out in the newspapers in the 50s of the ideal woman, you know, and some of us like, oh, you know, geez, like, you know, you work hard all day, then, you, oh, honey, here's your slippers, would you like, and you, and you don't unload him, unload everything on him of what you went through in the day, you just pamper him and give him his food, and, and some of the, but it goes both ways too, right? <laughs> I don't, and some of those guys, I mean, the one thing that I was like, absolutely not, like, don't question where he goes and who he's with. If he comes home late, don't question it. If my husband comes home late, I better know where he's been. <laughs> so that's, that's a bunch of nonsense. Amen. And thank God I always do know where he is. He's at church. <laughs> he's, he, I, I, I'm so thankful for him every day. Every day. He's amazing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, girls. I got the best one. I'm so sorry. I know you think you got the best one, and that's good. I'm glad. We should, we, should all, we should all feel like we got the best one, right? Amen. So she's esteemed in the eyes of her family, but also in the eyes of others. She's honored for her accomplishments. She's appreciated for her virtues and rewarded for her deeds. Verse 31 says, Charm and grace are deceptive and beauty is vain because it's not, it's not lasting. 
but a woman who reverently and worshipfully fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates of the city. You're not praised for your Botox and your, you know. You're praised because you served, you loved, you gave, you were there. Amen. Amen. So don't worry. You see, the, it's not, we've got to grow old gracefully. And the way you do that is by developing character. And when you develop character and you walk in love, it shines through you. You can have gray hair and wrinkles. You will be beautiful. You'll look beautiful, not just to your family, but you'll, you'll, you'll be beautiful wherever you go because you, people will see Jesus on you. They will see this grace that's on you. So don't feel the pressure from the world to conform to what they expect. Just be a person that you know is, that, that is pleasing to the Lord. That if God is pleased with you, your life is a success. Amen. He's the only one that you have, the most important one you have to please. Then obviously your spouse, your kids, make, you know, love on them and care about them, but you have to please the Lord. And God will, will give you all of those things that you've desired. Amen. And I, I mean, people ask us all the time. <laughs> we, we, we went through, anyway, it was interesting. We went through a country. I'm nearly done, ladies, and then we'll go have lunch, and then we'll come back tonight. But we're in Namibia, and the guy was making a fuss about x-raying our stuff, and I didn't want him to x-ray some of my stuff. And um, I mean, it's just some of the supplements. I didn't want them x-rayed. Anyway, so it was a huge, he, he, this guy got nasty, turned it into a huge issue. So when we came back through, they had dogs there. They had drug-sniffing dogs. They had, they had everything. And this guy's standing there smirking in the background, like, oh, enjoy, your, you know, enjoy your stay. And then we got back. There. We, so they called us, and they, we had our heads up, thankfully. They're going to search you because this guy's convinced them you're carrying drugs because I didn't want him to you know, x-ray my, my supplements. So anyways, so they x-rayed everything except this one little bag of stuff. And of course, they and they, so they're asking me, why do you have these pills? Why do you have these powders? Where, where's the bottles? Where's, you know, it's, it's all vitamins. None of it's drugs. It's all vitamins. And all from our, our natural doctor. So I'm trying to explain to them. So I, actually, I, I took my, I didn't have makeup on that day. So anyway, but I took my glasses off, my sunglasses. I said to the lady, how old do you think I am? Because they're arguing with me about why you're taking so much stuff. I'm like, we'll be here for, you know, for nearly three weeks. And it's me and my husband. And we take a lot of stuff. It's like, a, it's, how about it's nanya? Yeah. Right? <laughs> And, uh, and we're on a private plane. It's like, you know, does this look like drugs? And uh, anyhow, and the dog sniffed it, and they should have just brought the dog in the first place. We wouldn't have wasted an hour. But anyways, I'm happy. Hey, let the dog sniff it. I'm not going to break the law and bring stupid stuff in. Anyways, uh, so, um, so I said to the lady, how old do you think I am? She goes, 40. I said, thank you. I am 60, and it's because I take all these vitamins. <laughs> but you know what? I'm sure, I'm sure trying to eat healthy, not drinking alcohol, not smoking, and not participating in all the world's mess will, will help a great deal towards your health. But really, it's, to me, it's stay, staying in the anointing. That's the only way I can explain. Stay in the presence of God. Stay full of joy and peace. That is the most, the, you, don't need, you don't need Botox. You don't need the spa. You just need the presence of the Lord, and you need the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And there's a, it has a, I mean, I think it was Roy Hicks, right? So Roy Hicks, his wife had died. Everybody he knew, he was, he was, the guy was old and he just wanted to go to heaven and he was mad because he wasn't going to heaven yet. But he took communion every single day. How are you going to die if you take communion every day? <laughs> the table of the Lord, right? He eventually did go home to do it. There's a time, there's all these people want to live till 120. You know what? 
There's a time you just need to, you just need to just go home. <laughs> we'll understand. It's not, you don't lose your testimony because you didn't make it to 120. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you, you, you've done your part, you've ran your race, you're gonna, you've got all these crowns and medals waiting for you. Just go home and be with Jesus. Why torture yourself? <laughs> and my husband says, when it starts leaking, it's time to leave. <laughs> Ho hopefully, hopefully nothing will be, whoops. Hopefully nothing will be leaking. You don't have to be sick to die. You don't have to be in bad health. You can be perfectly fine and just say, call, call your family and say, uh, I'm leaving today, just, you know, and I want to say I love you and I'm saying bye. And, and here's, here, I carried the torch, here's the torch, you carry it on. Amen. So, <laughs> the, I know the Bible says, though, the outward man is perishing, the inward man is growing, developing, becoming more beautiful. And that's the thing, it's like your inner person shines out through, through your outer person. And that's, that's the wonderful grace of serving God. So charm and grace are deceptive, beauty is vain, but a woman who reverently fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates of the city. So she is acknowledged and commended in her community as well as her family. She's commended for having done virtuously, noble, and well. Her strength of character is admired and praised. She stands out above all the others. The praise she receives is as a result, direct result of her relationship with the Lord and her obedience to the word of God and her rewards are both temporal and eternal. Amen. So she does not rely on that charm, grace, and beauty. As Proverbs 11.22 says, as a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman who is without discretion. You can have a beautiful woman, but if she's not pretty on the inside, she's like a ring of gold in a pig's nose. Very sad, but it's the truth. Amen. So we have to cultivate our character, our inner beauty, not merely outward beauty. We, we need to be generous givers. Her focus wasn't on herself, but on others. She gave her life to bless and serve others in whatever way that she can. And I want to leave you with the scripture, Psalm 115, verse 13 through 15. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the God, the Lord who made heaven and earth. Wow, that's a powerful scripture. This is you and your children, that you are blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth, the creator, creator has, the Bible says, humbled himself to regard the earth, and his blessing is on your life and on your children. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word. I thank you for each and every lady. I thank you for your hand upon them. I thank you, Lord, that they go in your, in your grace right now. Thank you, Father, you strengthen them. I thank you, Lord, you bring them back tonight. May your angels encamp around about them, watch over them, and protect them in all their ways. And I thank you, Lord, you bring them back tonight to the meeting. I thank you, Lord, that you bring everybody who needs to be here. I thank you, Lord, even for those who are tuning in, wherever they are, I thank you that you touch them. I thank you, Father, that you, your hand and your anointing is upon us and your grace is upon us to do what we're called to do. Father, we are not weak, but in you we are strong. Lord, we are not confused, we are not led astray, but we are wise. Thank you, Lord, that every day you give us wisdom for every situation that we encounter. Thank you that we are not lost. Thank you that we are not wandering in the dark. But thank you that we walk in the light 
of that as you lead us, your word and your Holy Spirit and your truth. And Father, we commit ourselves to your truth, to obey you, to allow you to do that work in our hearts, to touch us, change us, and rearrange us. And I thank you, Lord, that as we grow in you, you use us more and more, that our light shines brighter and brighter. And I thank you, Lord, wherever we go in the world, our light shines bright as a beacon to draw people to you in these last days. And even as it gets darker and darker in the world, I thank you that our light gets brighter and brighter. And we just honor you, worship you, and praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hallelujah.